0: Unfortunately, a huge, very fun series from Fernando Tatis Jr. is not enough for the San Diego Padres to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers for their first matchup of the year, losing two of the three games. Going to be talking about that and a little meme of Clayton Kershaw that kind of uh, went a little viral and people were crying about it. But also, was it justified to be upset? Was there karmic implications? I don't know. But we got a lot talked about, guys. So uh, you know what you're listening to. Let's get started. You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, May 8th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, that's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, but if you don't like my tweets on that account, which can sometimes be a little nerdy, maybe not baseball-related, then go check out at LO underscore Padres for live tweets, usually, of the game and updates for the show. You can also check me out on YouTube, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Just passed uh, 800 subscribers not too long ago, so hopefully we can get that number up to 1,000 soon. That would be really cool because the numbers going up make Brain happy. That is indeed what happens when you get more subscribers and stuff. So go check that out if you want to say hi to Pac-Man and the Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead that I always have by my side. And as always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And boy, is it a I'm in I'm in a spicy mood. And it's not because the Padres played well. <coughs> it's the opposite, actually. It's because I got I got some rants in me, I think. I think. I don't know. I don't want to say they're 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 building up. They're they're festering inside me. They're in my voice. I feel them about to come out. And I'm ready to talk about that because this series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the first time that they've played them all year after a big offseason, I think that there's so many layers to this series that I want to get into. Um from not just the 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 this perspective of on field play, but also off-field play with fan bases and weird memeage and all that sort of thing. Uh I'm ready to talk about it. All right. We gotta talk about the first game though, which is uh actually the last game, which was yesterday's game in which the Padres lost 5-2 on Sunday Night Baseball. Um, look, and I said at the beginning, that Fernando Tatis Jr. had a great series. This isn't one necessarily the one that he'll be remembered for the most, but it is one that we should bring up. Because yes, he hits a double in this game. He only goes one for five. He doesn't do much at the plate. But he hits a double. He's actually one of the only runs. Actually, he is the only. No, no. It's only him and Manny that score in this game, obviously 5-2. But this happens early on. And also, first inning of the game, Tatis makes a diving catch, a defensive play that actually ends up getting challenged in the, in the call stands. But that's what I want to say, is that this was the weekend of Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, he had a great weekend. Even in a game where he only had just a double, and he went one for five, and he hit the big hits necessarily, he was able to be uh, a defensive presence. And that has been... Uh, one, of, one of the bigger, nice, splendid surprise uh, surprises of the season so far is that Tatis has translated beautifully into the outfield, which shows you that maybe the Padres' management, it wasn't just about keeping him healthy, but they also knew this guy has potential to be a pretty good outfielder. And he's been awesome. He's a lot of pep in his step. I've said this before. He's made some diving catches before. He's got the speed. He's even thrown out a couple runners before. One at third base, I believe, in the Mexico City series, which is great to see. But uh, he's been great, and he doesn't even need to be great out there because he's so good with the bat. But the fact that the Padres' outfield has been pretty, and we're, we'll address a little bit in a second, uh, pretty steady, um, even if some of the advanced numbers on Grisham this year haven't been f- phenomenal. I think he's going to get that up um, to a higher outs above average percentile, dare I say. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's been a really nice surpri- um, surprise for the Padres' team so far this year. And the defense has been nice. I, lo- I love seeing him out there. I think he looks great. I think he's got freedom, and it looks awesome. Um, So this was his series. Even in a game that he didn't do much offensively. We'll talk about the other two. Tatis makes a big play. Also in this game, it's worth mentioning, Joe Musgrove, the starter for this game. He only gives up one run, but it wasn't earned. And he walks three and strikes out five over the course of five innings. He's still building his way back, uh, clearly. First start of the year, he gets somewhat... He has a somewhat bad game. He had a quality start, I believe. Let me see. Did he go six innings? He actually was on a quality start. He went five... Against Arizona. He gave up seven hits, which amounted to three earned runs. Didn't walk anybody and struck out three. It's a shame that he walked three in tonight's game, but it was nice to see, considering that the last start, which might have been inflated by the Mexico City um, series ballpark, you know, he got lit up for like seven earned runs. Of course, he wasn't one of those people complaining about it necessarily because Musgrove isn't that type of person. Um, but it's nice to see him bounce back and only give up two hits and essentially no earned runs uh, because of an error by Juan Soto in the outfield. Um, I got a comment recently that was complaining about my description of the Padres' defense and how I thought that they could potentially have a weak defense. Well, this is the thing, is that I am really excited by what has played out so far. I just don't know how much of it is legit. You know what I mean? I want to wait a little bit longer before declaring... I mean, I I joked... (laughs) On Twitter, people have to understand I was joking when I said Fernando Tatis Jr. Gold Glove final is confirmed. That was a joke. Everybody keep that clear. It's still a little bit early. I like what I have seen from the outfield. But it's moments like these that remind you that the Padres still have a long way to go. In which Soto tracks down the ball and just bounces off his glove. And then that ends up being one of the runs that um, the Dodgers score in this game. And if that had not happened, then the Mookie Betts home run off of Josh Hader might not have tied the game and might have resulted in a W. So it's worth bringing up defense friggin' matters, man. And I have, I, I like what I've seen. Don't get me wrong. No one has been outright awful so far, but Soto has made a lot of mistakes. And just because the outs above average marker has gone up a little bit, doesn't mean that I'm all of a sudden ready to say that he's a fantastic defender and that he's back. Uh, I still have questions about the defense. Um, at least questions. I have to admit they have played pretty well though, but that ends up being basically the reason that the Padres end up losing. And Soto himself, after having a really fiery uh, last fifteen games in which he hit over two eighty, had a four hundred on base his WRC plus, which was around one fifty six, heads in his, into the, heads into the series, and unfortunately only gets two hits. Uh, and does he walk? He walked once uh, in this series, but no extra base hits uh, really for Mister Soto. So it wasn't a great series for him. Was a nice series though. For Manny Machado, who's quietly been heating up lately, I've been complaining about him a lot, but he goes 3-for-5 in this game with a double and an RBI uh, in that. He's the one who drove in Tatis, so that was really nice. But uh, Manny, in general, he also had a two-walk game on Friday against the Dodgers, which was nice to see. He has not been walking as much this year, so that's really big if he can get that going. Hopefully no more Golden Sombrero four-strikeout games for him uh, on the horizon. But, yeah, hopefully this is a sign that Manny's heating up. Basically, since the San Francisco series, he's started to... Get a few more hits in games. Drive in some more runs. That's really good to see. Uh, Hopefully, he's starting to come around. Hopefully, this whole offense is starting to come around. But every time I say that, and I think that in general... And yes, I understand that Josh Hader ends up giving up the home run to Mookie Betts, which I'm sure no pitcher has ever done before. He's a pretty terrible player. Uh, There's two two things here. There's two things. Number one. uh, Yes, apologies, but I will bring up another team into this. Just... Uh, just once again, always got a clap for the Boston Red Sox, giving up Mookie Betts for a bag of Doritos. Um, just really exceptional stuff on their part, deciding that all of a sudden they have to spend money, or they don't spend money, that the Red Sox are poor all of a sudden, and they can't afford big players. They did that with Xander, which was for our benefit, which honestly really feels deserved the more you think about it. We had to suffer in 2020 with the Red Sox being like, eh. Actually, we don't want to keep the best player we've had since Pedro Martinez. Uh, let's give up Mookie Betts, actually, and get a player in Alex Verdugo who's who's solid. He's good. He's actually having a pretty good season, but uh, he's not Mookie Betts, and he's been amazing for them. He's I'm pretty sure he won an MVP for them already. Big piece and why they won the World Series in 2020. Uh, just congratulations to the Boston Red Sox and us Padres fans deserve Xander Bogarts because we were. We, we caught a stray, apparently, for the Red Sox organization who just wanted to punish us for some reason. For taking Don? I don't know. I hate the Red Sox, and I like making fun of them for all the dumb decisions they've made, including not bringing back Don or Cillo. um But also in this game, the second rant is... This is why... This series, is, this series wasn't awful, and we're going to talk about the rest of the games in a little bit, but it's a good reminder of why, when people comment on my videos... And they say things like, why are you so negative? And I, I really don't think I am, actually. I think I've been pretty good with that lately. Um, why are you so negative? Why are you not buying in? Dude, Xander's hitting over 330. It's definitely going to keep up. He's awesome. He's looked amazing. Or, dude, why, why do you think Nelson Cruz is going to go down? Why, what about this? What? You just hate every player. No. It's just that a series like this is a good reminder that there's reasons to be concerned about this Padres team. They were steady this month. They were not phenomenal. They did not do anything particularly amazingly well, aside from maybe defense, right? And that was still just the first month and I don't know how legit that was, right? Like defense can fluctuate just as much as any statistical category. Um so that's my thing is this is a series was a reminder. They still don't know how to hit with runners in scoring position. They still have weird bullpen blowups every now and then, and they just still have a top of the lineup that is not nearly as intimidating as it should be. Every single game If the Padres were playing up to their strength, and I'm not saying that they would have come back from down 5-2, which is, by the way, worth mentioning that uh, with just you know a centimeter away from getting out of the inning with the zombie runner on second, that Brent Honeywell allows the big base hit, and then he allows a two-run home run, uh, unfortunately, to James Outman, who, of course, again, this is what I mean about building teams. I'm sorry that I'm ranting on so many different topics here, but, you know, Guys, it's not a coincidence that teams like the Dodgers find these people, like James Outman, and they turn Jason Hayward into a good player. That's why I'm always annoyed when people are like, just trade for a superstar. Trade all your depth. Just throw everything. It's Juan Soto. Who cares? And my thing is, you got to build. The Dodgers aren't only good because of money, and that annoys me beyond belief. It's a huge part. Let me be very clear. It's huge. It's insurmountably it's huge. But this idea that the the Dodgers just buy everybody when they haven't really over the course of their franchise, especially the last decade, really frustrates me. And this team, this Padres team, every time we're about to have them blow up, it just doesn't happen. You're down five two. This team should be in a situation, given the top of that lineup, where five two with a zombie runner on first, everyone's still a little bit nervous. I'm not saying they have to come back, but you should be like, oh god, you know Tatis, and then we got to face Xander and Soto and Manny. I mean, you never know. You know what I mean? They could at least start something. Maybe you end up getting to Cronenworth again, who is, you know, second and third or something like that, right? Like, this team should have that intimidating factor. And instead, that team that I made fun of uh, just a little bit earlier, the Boston Red Sox, have been infinitely better on offense than the Padres this year. And they're they're the team that let go of Xander Bogarts. Yes, baseball's annoying. It's stupid the way the baseball guys reward seemingly, reward teams for not trying to pay for top dollar and talent they keep doing this I don't know why the baseball gods keep doing this sometimes but that's the case of the matter right now and this Padres team just has kept under delivering specifically on the offensive end and it's really frustrating to see but to change things up real quick guys uh look let me just tell you something for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit that's my thing you need more depth it's a big thing about the Padres team It's the same when it comes to your vehicle, though. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage little section and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. That's right. You can test it out beforehand. You don't have to be some car whiz. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to be a a, a wunderkind who knows everything about assembling a car. They help you out with that. It's really fantastic because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. It's true. It's true. You want to start off your day with the right parts, and the right vehicle, you know what I mean, guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. See, you gotta have a, you gotta have a smooth transition, smooth ride to work and back to work. It's huge. It's like having that morning coffee or whatever your daily routine is. It's, 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 it's key. It's key, guys. Uh, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Right. Uh, eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Still, guys, go check out eBay Motors. Now realizing that I forgot to put up my little overlay when I did that. So I'm going to do that for the next couple seconds. I know. I'm a fool. What can I say? As we return back here, ladies and gentlemen, on this Lockdown Padres podcast, ranting about the Padres and Dodgers series. Again, uh, there were some positives. Let me be clear. Tatis has the double. He has the diving catch, which was great. Musgrove, considering it's a Sunday night start, really good performance by him. And considering he just got back and had that like weird false start to the season, Uh, it's good to see Musgrove back and deliver on a bright lights Sunday night game. This was not his fault. Juan Soto made the error. Um, And Julio Urias wasn't actually that good in this game, which is what made it frustrating uh, because he's one of their better pitchers, and he clearly wasn't on. He gave up a lot of hits. His velo was up a little bit, but he was just not getting any whiffs, and it's unfortunate that the Padres couldn't take advantage. Um, Let's talk about Saturday's game in which the Padres lose to the Dodgers 2-1. to one. Uh, Man, 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 man. Where do I start here? Let's start first with some good stuff, which is... Which is... What is it, guys? Go ahead. Come on. Come on. What do you think I'm going to say? Fernando Tatis Jr. An absolute great game from him yet again. 3-4 for four in this one with an RBI double. And he's the one, again, a huge series for him. He brings in the only run... That the Padres scored this game, and it was a clutch, um, extra base hit, if I'm not mistaken. At the end, towards the end of the game, the Padres had barely been able to touch, um, starter Dustin May, who I, jo- I, j- I tweeted jokingly, but I should probably actually just look it up at some point. Uh, Dustin May, I swear, aside from his first ever start, which I believe was in 2020, um, aside from his like first start against the Padres, he kills us. This guy's a Padre killer. Uh, straight up. And I'm going to try to see if I could put up or I could bring up his um his splits. I'm going to do that right now against opponents on baseball reference. But he was dominant in this game. He looked good yet again. And as I have said before, he just seems to pitch very well against the Padres specifically. As I'm trying to find a baseball reference where they have it. San Diego Padres. He has a career. Let's see here. 3.44 ERA against the Padres. So nothing crazy. Right? Nothing crazy, but in 11 games, that's still pretty damn impressive. Uh, So I was somewhat right. Uh, I said that he had a 0.56 as a joke, but still, Dustin May was dominant in this game. And it's a shame because Blake Snell had his first, uh, one of his first, or I should say, best starts of the season. It's now his second straight start that he's been pretty solid for the team. Against Cincinnati, he did give up eight earned runs, but he worked through it. I'm sorry, not eight earned runs, eight hits that amounted to three runs, but he didn't walk anybody and struck out seven. And this game only allows. One hit to amount to two earned runs. It was the home run that he allows. Unfortunately, he walked three and struck out six. Again, it stinks. Uh, Chris Taylor, who's having a little bit of a bounce back season from what I've seen for the Dodgers. He was pretty atrocious last year. Um, so, you know, w- w- what can you do, I guess, is what, what, I'm, what I'm basically trying to say. Uh, really unfortunate that it was the it was just one mistake. Right, And I'm not going to blame Snell for that. But I am going to blame the Padres' offense. Because while Dustin May is a talented pitcher, it is still frustrating that they are never able to hit him. And in this game, they don't even hit the ball hard. Uh, of, the, of the highest exit velocities in this game, the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all belong to Dodgers. Not all of them were hits either, which is what's funny. So the Dodgers might have even gotten a little bit unlucky in this game. Considering they had all these high exit velos that just unfortunately didn't amount to hits. Um, but even still... Uh, The Padres just not doing enough. And again, Tatis was apparently the only one that showed up in this game. Um, Aside from a, uh, what's it called? A hit from Xander Bogarts and Brett Sullivan, who all of a sudden, I don't know about you guys, but I'm already ready to have him be the primary starting catcher. Uh, Just, you know, uh, just kind of sick of watching Austin Dilla play. But uh, the Padres just once again can't hit. And despite all that, and despite being a situation at the end of the game, Evan Phillips comes in, strikes out Matt Carpenter, strikes out Hassan Kim, and strikes out Trent Grisham, despite uh, getting a nice walk from Cronenworth. Just unable to do much. Really frustrating. And, yeah, there's not much to say about this game in particular. Uh, Dutton May pitched well. Blake Snell pitched well. And just worth mentioning, I'm hoping that this is the beginning of Snell entering his okay, don't worry, I'm going to be good now phase (laughs) when he just kind of ditches his other pitches that don't work as much and he starts focusing on what does. Uh, and I think that against the very talented Dodgers team for him to come out and perform this well, I think does mean a lot. Uh, he uses fastball more, almost primarily the fastball 61% of the time. And then the curve and the changeup and the slider, not usually as much as um, he has previously and generated five whiffs on the fastball. So that was really cool um, for sure. Although it wasn't his best start of the season, don't get me wrong. And he does get hit hard with that. Uh, Chris Taylor Homer. Um, I'm hoping that these last two starts are a sign that, all right, He's entering that phase that he always enters, which is stinks at the beginning, then finds his way. That's the only good takeaway. Other than that, um, just sadness yet again from the Padres. Only two extra base hits. And look, Xander Bogarts, um, he's calmed down, certainly, um, for a while now, I'd say. I I don't know if he actually kept his, because of the Soto bases running error. I'm not sure if he kept his on-base streak. I'm still unfamiliar if that actually counted as like an odd base for him. But he's still been steady. Um, He just hasn't had like a huge game in a little bit. Aside from the first game of that Mexico City series when he hit a home run. Uh, But he's still, you know, generating some good walks. He walked twice in the first game of this Dodgers series. And he got another one in the last game on Sunday. Getting some hits. Uh, Just hasn't been an extra base hit guy uh, for the most part. Aside from the double on Sunday and the home run against San Francisco. So, slightly underperforming. Um, lately, but that's just because he was so over the top at the beginning. His BABIP was extremely high, and I don't think he's Luis Araya's level. I don't think this is a guy who's, you know, DJ LeMahieu when he was with the Rockies, where he's just gonna have a 350 average all year, which is fine. That's totally fine. Uh, he's swinging at He's swinging at the right pitches still, and he just didn't make as much contact over the past uh, few weeks. Or I should say, he hasn't made as much great contact. He's still been good though. So I'm totally fine with Bogarts, but you know, him hitting 280. Don't worry. I know that some people might say, oh my God, wasn't he hitting above 300? No, it doesn't matter. The BABIP was really high and it's not like he's hitting the ball like the hardest in the world. So 283 is totally fine, especially with his walking rate at the season. He currently sits at a 283, 378, 465 slash line. He is, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to pull this up right now. I believe he's in the top five for F4 among all qualified players so far this year. I'm going to check that really quickly, but uh just just really frustrating. So yeah, Tatis has another big game, and the Padres can't come through. Uh, it's just what they've been doing essentially all year, uh, this Padres team. Uh, to be specific, he's actually ninth in F4. James Outman has surpassed him. Tyro Estrada has surpassed him. Jonah Heim because of his great defense behind the plate too. Uh, Wander Franco, Matt Chapman, Paul Goldschmidt, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Sean Murphy. Somehow. The top uh, F4 guy in baseball right now. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember complaining with a friend last year that teams that that just don't trade their prospects and go for good guys, that Cleveland should have been the team that traded for Sean Murphy, and they didn't. And it looks like he's the best catcher in baseball right now. So keep praising Cleveland, everybody. Keep praising all these teams that never do the extra move. You know, keep doing because they're good in the regular season sometimes. ah, The Outman thing is what drives me insane. It's just, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. And I've seen some Padres fans and some Padres fans being a little bit too much on Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to say by name, but there was a little bit of misogyny involved uh, for some one person that I, of course, unfollowed because I don't don't deal with that. I was on a Twitter group that involved him as well. But I didn't appreciate that. Some Padres fans, you guys need to calm down a little bit. And if the Dodgers fans make fun of them, look, ignore that. What's his name? Dave Pallett. I don't even know his name. I don't. I don't even know what he's for, but he's some media person for the Dodgers. Ignore that dude. He's just a troll. Personally, I think sometimes his trolls are funny, but he's at like a thirty percent hit rate. You know what I mean? Like, it, most of the time, I'm like, you're just acting stupid intentionally. Um, but every now and then, it's funny. Just ignore people like that, and also ignore the Dodgers fans when they're like, "Hey, why do you think the Padres?" Uh, you know, I remember this this misogyny thing started because someone was like, "How could you have the Padres win the division?" I'm like, "Well, they're." good but it's also not worth getting mad and then making fun of their looks especially someone who's who's a woman so i I just you know online internet harassing women doesn't go off well guys so enough of the madness and speaking of fans and crazy padre stuff we got to talk about that because that's a big thing that happened in friday's game but first a quick break guys And we're back, everybody, talking here about madness and apparently misogyny about Padres fans uh, <laughs> here on the Locked On Padres podcast. We got to talk about Friday's game. You know I like to end every show if it was a bad series on some good news because, allegedly, I am a super negative person. But we're going to be positive for now. Um, in this game, it's all about Fernando Tatis Jr. Two home runs for the lad, two for five in total with three RBIs. Uh, just a huge game. Huge game for Tatis. Uh, two home runs off of Clayton Kershaw, which is great. Of course, Tatis, after the game, said, you know, you you love it. He brings the best out of you. This guy's one of the best players ever. And he is, uh, straight up, the most talented pitcher of our generation. Um, and by our generation, I mean, basically, the generation following, like, your Pedro and your Roger Clemens. I Stop. Don't bring up the Roger Clemens thing. I know. I'm just saying that... Um, that's, he's probably been the most talented pitcher. You've got some other ones out there, too. Max is very close, and I think that it should be absolutely taken into account with his Hall of Fame all-time standing, that he's one of the only pitchers I ever saw that got paid a huge contract and was worth it every single year. Like That guy lived up to the deal, and that doesn't happen often in baseball, especially with pitchers that are older and whatnot. So Love to see that from him, but Kershaw has been amazing. I know people make fun of the playoff stuff to me that only affects his all time standing against the all time great pitchers. I E if you're going to compare him to Nolan Ryan, if you're going to compare him to Pedro, if you're going to compare him to some other guys, then you would bring up, Hey, playoff stuff. Wasn't great. You know what I mean? I wish we could have involved Felix Hernandez in that conversation, but he had fortunately never made it. Um, and he was a short lived career in the grand scheme of things kind of fell off a cliff at one point, but uh, like, look, um, Kershaw's amazing. I've never been part of the mockery. It's only a defense mechanism whenever Dodgers fans come after me that I'll bring up the, the Kershaw choking in the playoffs thing. But um, he's still such an excellent pitcher, and he's never really been mean or said anything wrong, so I don't like hating the guy. But it's really cool to see Tatis absolutely hit nukes off of him. Uh, it was fantastic. I love to see it. Um, and so do you. In um, this game is also, before we get into some controversy, you, Darvish... Six and two-thirds innings. Only gives up one earned run uh, because there was an error in this game. I'm not sure by who. I can't remember actually who does make it. It was an error by Tatis, according to my fielding notes here section. I honestly don't remember him having an error in this game. Oh, wait. No, I do remember. Tatis, unfortunately, tracking a ball into the corner of the outfield. uh, Fumbles with it for a second. Not that he drops the ball, but he does fumble with it for a second, which allows a run to score. So really only one earned run by Darvish. He walked one, struck out six. Uh, he's been money for a while now, and I think that uh, this is what we could expect going forward. this He's a beast. Uh, probably the best overall pitcher on the team and the guy that I trust the most um, for the rest of the season. Musgrove is right there, don't get me wrong, but Darvish is capable of big games. And to start off the season, and I do think this counts, against the rival who, yes, you beat in the playoffs last year, don't get me wrong. And again, Padres fans, just because you beat him in the playoffs last year doesn't mean you can start acting like, you know, jerks online and attacking the crap out of Dodgers fans. Relax. Relax. I'm really getting way too focused on that one fan. Well, it's, it was multiple fans. It wasn't just one. It's like four or five. I really... To, I got a cob down. My apologies. Most of Padres Twitter is quite fine. And I saw a lot of them disowning that person anyway. But anyway, um, look, uh, in this game, Tatis was the hero. Don't get me wrong. But the controversy was afterwards. And by the way, it should be mentioned, May Machado 2 for 3 in this game. Soto, unfortunately, doesn't do much, going 1 for 4 with a walk, but also two strikeouts. Um, Xander Bogarts actually, I didn't realize this, he actually has two walks in this game and two stolen bases. That I didn't realize. I didn't realize he stole two bases, which is, it might be the only stolen bases that he ends up with for the entire season, just so people know, he's not necessarily a stolen base guy. Uh, past few seasons, 8 with Boston last year, 5 the year before, 8 the year before, 4, 8, 15, 13, 10, tracing back to his very early years. He's not a stolen base uh, machine, as much as I'd like him to, because he's fast, but uh, that's never been his game. But still, really cool to see the two stolen bases. Um, after this game, and it went a little bit mini-viral afterwards... On the Padres scoreboard in Petco, after it said, you know, the Padres win thing and it has the bell that rings and it comes out and it says Padres win. They had like a little cut of Clayton Kershaw looking sad uh, and like a little, you know, sad Kershaw, almost like crying Jordan, except it was crying Kershaw. And they had that after the win. I saw that Kershaw responded to it. I haven't read what he said, but I think there's two things. Number one, you old get off my lawn types need to relax. I saw someone yesterday actually. And I responded to this tweet. Uh, I I thought it was somewhat funny. Actually, David Rosenthal uh, said, could you imagine the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, you know, any organization with actual meaningful history and titles doing this? I'll wait for your answer. Poverty and hashtag. (laughs) The poverty hashtag is what gets me. I love that. Hashtag poverty. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. It's so good. It's great. It's fantastic. But um, look, my response says, first of all, David Rosenthal, calm down, my dude. Uh, just everyone, you could. I don't even care if you tweeted at him for me. Calm down. Um, it's not that serious. And I also do enjoy the idea that first of all, that the Dodgers aren't capable of doing some weird stuff, but that the Yankees and the Red Sox, <laughs> that those teams are like known for class, right? <laughs> those fan bases and that media they are known for being a very classy bunch right <laughs> you know what i mean like they've never done anything like this could also bring up when um and i saw a lot of people responding actually too uh that the dodgers had i think it was max Muncie when they played against the of Reader right now last homer and off bumgarner on june 9th in san francisco a 420 shot that's now 25 Uh, Itches underwater in McCovey Cove. Like they're, you know, I like this stuff. That's that's my next thing I'm gonna bring up is the pettiness is great. I love pettiness in baseball. It doesn't happen enough, and I don't think it's that disrespectful. Um, I don't believe in necessarily disrespect in sports. I think that it's okay to just have fun. This wasn't the other team. You're not making some obscene gesture at the team when you're rounding the bases. I think it was fine, Uh, and I think that Tatis then following that up and saying you know, like he's the greatest ever, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it brings out the best and I try to do great against him. It's like, just, it brings out the competitiveness. You want to do well against someone who's at the top of the, their field. So look, from so that's my thing is one, calm down. Don't get your, your, uh, I'm not going to say that the usual term that people say, uh, but don't get, you know, all bent out of shape. I guess I should say, stop acting like this is some sort of travesty against the league. Stop acting like these things are, you know, just totally disrespectful. Tatis was great. He showboated a little bit because he's one of the greats. And that's totally cool. Um, and if Kershaw doesn't want to do the same for striking out Tatis, if he ever does, that's totally his prerogative. Or he can. That's also his prerogative. That's how competition works. We already, you already, do you guys want to be on the side? Of a certain bunch of people who were making fun of Angel Reese for the college, uh, the women's college basketball championship, where people freaked out because she acted a little bit more extra, maybe, maybe even somewhat almost too much, a little bit extra, to Caitlin Clark, her opponent, and was mocking the gesture that she's known for. After winning the national championship, you're gonna start calling someone out because they acted a little extra. Relax, everybody, it's sports. Also, I love penniness. And number three, I do admit though. There is a little bit of a microcosm here that reflects not just the Padres fans I was talking about, but the Padres attitude overall, which has been like, you know, don't, don't tempt the fates. If you're someone who believes in the karmic implications of sports and whatnot, uh, I don't begrudge you that at all, but you know, you make fun of Kershaw and then you lose the next two. So it's, that's my thing. I would have preferred it after this series. I am always a fan of waiting. I am a big time waiter. You know what I mean? Like I remember, um. The show, the West Wing, one of the main characters after they think they're going to get their big political victory and uh, get their confirmation. I think it's a Supreme Court judge. They're trying to get confirmed in the show and everyone's starting to pop champagne and they're getting excited. And the one guy walks out, he's like, no, (laughs) we will not tempt fate. And he makes everyone put it away, even though it's like a layup, like they're 99% sure. He's just like, no, no, don't do it. That's usually my perspective on things. I wouldn't start doing layups like that. That being said, I still liked it. It was fun. It's fun for the sport when you have stuff like this. It's fun to have little clips go viral. But I would say Padres fans and everything in general, media, whatever, just calm down a tad bit. Um don't get me and don't get me wrong. I was talking so much smack all season, you know, drinking my water bottle, saying it was that the Dodger fan tears. But I did that in the offseason, after they won, because we hadn't played any new games yet. So look, I would just say that would be my only thing as a microcosm of look, the Padres are so exciting that I understand why people sometimes get a little bit out of control, but I would say you got to calm down just a tad bit. Um, Don't be too overly disrespectful. Don't get into too many fights at games. I know I can't control that, but it's just, you know, ease up a little bit, ease up a little bit. That would be my response. But all the people who are saying that this is some classless, like degradation of the game and all that calm down. Okay. It's just a little crying Kershaw thing. Like it's not that serious. And that's basically it for the series, guys. Um, I know. I didn't do as much baseball analysis as usual, I think, in these kind of re- game recaps. But we're at that point where I try to, you know, give some new perspective on things that isn't just the strict, die-hard numbers. Um, hopefully you all enjoyed that, though. Anyways, uh, regardless. But, yeah, man. It's just a really frustrating um, series in which the Padres, once again... Just aren't there. And I've said it before. Their batting average with runners in scoring position, only the Royals are worse. They're like fourth in WRC+, or the fourth worst, I should say, in WRC+, with runners in scoring position. That shouldn't be the case. They should not be a middle-of-the-pack offense. They should be at least in the top 10. I don't think that's too much to ask for, right? They do have concerns with the bottom of their lineup, but even still, the bottom of their lineup has been okay, right? I talked about it on Friday, doing the kind of recap of the team overall. That the base stats, especially for you know a team that has allegedly like four MVPs at the top of its lineup, haven't been that bad for kind of the tertiary pieces. Corona has been okay, not great. You know, I didn't talk much about him, but you know, in terms of just WRC plus stuff, he's got a 110 right now. He had a pretty decent weekend. Trent Grisham has been improved, right? Like he's he's been more aggressive at the plate. He's been great. Matt Carpenter, he's been awesome. Bad series for him. He didn't do much. Soto's been heating up. Tatis, after this weekend, is, our, is now at 130 WRC. I believe he was at 91 uh, previously, which just shows you after just one week how much things can change. And yeah, Manny's been bad. Hassan Kim has been bad. But you've got Cruz, Carnivalworth, Grisham, Carpenter, Soto, Tatis, and Bogarts all being above average and at times even higher above average. Cruz is only at a 101 WRC right now, but he was awesome for a while. And aside from that, my thing is that's usually enough, you know? Should be better than this. Should be a lot better. Hit with runners in scoring position. You have to start coming up big with RBIs and driving guys in. It's not enough to just generate walks and have guys on base and be happy about that. It's not good. They need more than that. And considering that the pitching has been pretty solid, uh, especially considering you just got Joe Musgrove back, please, Padres, start hitting with runners in scoring position. Next up, they've got a series against the Minnesota Twins. That is an interesting one because I like this Twins team. They're fiery. They have some good pitching. Uh, so that's going to be a nice test for the Padres. And then they go back to facing the Dodgers. Uh, in terms of the future of this show, though, going to be talking with Ryan Styles for our weekly breakdown, talking about whatever topic that madman comes up with, including updating our power rankings. I'll talk about the Padres again as well. Maybe give a where the Padres should be ranked. I don't know, power rankings? Maybe I'll give reveal where I think the Padres should be at this point. Um, Going to be talking about that. Maybe do a crossover with the Twins host. I don't know. But either way, still a lot of good content headed your way, folks. And until that next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire Faithful homies, take care.